I know that you have some challenge with type 1 diabetes, some things that set you off, some things that make you frustrated, some things that lead to burnout. What are those things for you? What are the things that put your mental health at risk with type 1 diabetes? And we want to focus on the things that we can control. We can't control the weather. We can't control what people say to us. But we can control the situations that we put ourselves in and make sure that we do less of what doesn't work and more of what does. And identifying your risk factors is a key way to get yourself there. Welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman, and I invite you to join us as we talk candidly about the emotional challenges of living with type 1 diabetes. We'll give you actionable strategies to help you face these challenges head on, reduce your stress, and most importantly, live a full life without letting diabetes get in the way. Hey there, welcome to the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman. One question people ask me all the time is, how can I be mentally healthy with diabetes? And it's a great question, and there's a lot of answers to it. In this episode of the podcast, I want to talk about a framework that you can use to make sure that you are mentally healthy with diabetes, looking at what keeps you healthy and also what puts you at risk, knowing it's not going to be healthy for your mental health and your diabetes. Or are there times when you do things to strengthen your mental health with type 1 diabetes? I'm sure there are. We all do them. And these are called risk factors and protective factors. In this episode of the podcast, I'm going to give you some tools and information that you can use to identify your risk factors and your protective factors in your mental health with type 1 diabetes. Before we talk about your specific risk factors and protective factors in your life with type 1 diabetes and your mental health, let's talk about risk and protective factors on a bigger scale and in a context that you may have experienced before. When you're in elementary school, or in high school for that matter, did anyone ever talk to you about drugs and how you should say no to drugs? I remember when I was in school, we talked about this all the time. And even though you may not have known it, the basis of drug prevention education is all about getting you information and giving you guidance based on risk and protective factors. So for example, think of what they told you not to do. If you're around other people who are doing drugs, the chances that you're going to do drugs as well increases. So being around other people who are currently using drugs is a risk factor. Also, mental health conditions like depression and anxiety are risk factors for engaging in drug use, as are lack of family involvement or taking a highly addictive drug. So if you were to experiment with marijuana, your chances of becoming a drug addict are much lower than if you were doing something like cocaine or heroin. So as you can see, risk factors include all kinds of things, including your personal choices and situations that you put yourself in, as well as other things which you may not have as much control over, like your mental health, your family situation, what sorts of drugs are out there, and the impact that they have on your physiology. On the same note, there are lots of protective factors for drug use. So for example, having a positive relationship with one's parents, as well as having clear rules in the family. The involvement of parents and children's lives can be helpful, as well as people being mentally healthy and having a good understanding of the impact of drug use on their current state, but also on their future state, how drug use can impact the rest of their life. 
Those are all protective factors for drug use. Now, this podcast is not about drug use, but I wanted to use drug use as an example about how you can think about risk factors and protective factors in your mental health with type 1 diabetes. Before we go on, I want to ask you to take a minute and think about what are your risk factors for mental health challenges with type 1 diabetes and what are your protective factors? Put another way, what triggers you? What makes things worse around your diabetes burnout, your anxiety, your frustration? And what are the things that make you feel better? And the basis of talking about protective and risk factors is helping you to do more of what works and less of what doesn't. I'll say that again. We want to help you do more of what's going to keep you safe, what's going to work to help you stay mentally healthy with type 1 diabetes, and less of what doesn't. And identifying your protective and risk factors around type 1 diabetes and your mental health can really help you double down on what's going to work and stay away from things that are going to put you at risk. I want to give you a couple of examples of protective and risk factors in real life for people with type 1 diabetes. Let's start off with Sarah, not her real name. But Sarah is a woman who's in her mid-30s, and she's had diabetes for about 15 years. And one of the things that Sarah struggles with is disordered eating. She tends to binge eat a lot, especially at night. And after she binge eats, she sometimes doesn't take her insulin as a way to compensate for binge eating. Uh, she feels guilty and she feels out of control. And so not taking her insulin can help her ease her mind. But obviously not taking your insulin is not a safe thing and not healthy. And so in talking to her, we've been able to understand what are the things that put her at risk for binge eating as well as put her at risk for not taking her insulin as she should. Our goal for her is to make sure that her blood sugars are in the best shape possible so that she can be the most present person in her life for her husband, for her kids, and for everyone around her. And the type of behavior is really impacting her because it's not allowing her to be present in the way that she wants to. She doesn't feel well most of the time, and she feels guilty about her behavior. And so finding ways to make sure she stays healthy includes looking at her risk factors for engaging in these behaviors. So what are her risk factors? We identified a couple of them. The first one is staying up really late at night. Late at night is a time when she tends to binge. And the nights when she's able to go to bed earlier and not be alone in her kitchen are the times when she's able to avoid binge eating. Also, she finds that she gets triggered when she goes to visit her parents. Not because of her parents, but because her parents' kitchen is full of food that is, in her words, binge-worthy. She has a really hard time controlling her impulses to eat a cookie or eat cake. And while those things aren't problematic in and of themselves, if she does it and doesn't take insulin to cover those foods, then her blood sugars go very high and it causes all kinds of challenges for her. So being at her parents' house with a pantry full of food is a risk factor for her. And finally, she tends to get into some fairly significant depressive episodes. And she knows that when she feels depressed, that is a risk factor for her to engage in these behaviors. She wants to feel better. And she feels that binge eating can help her to feel better, at least in the moment. And so she knows that when she's depressed, that's when the binge eating happens. And she gets to a point where she doesn't care about taking insulin. All she wants to do is go to bed. And then her blood sugars run really high all night long. 
Now, you may not have the same triggers or the same challenges that Sarah does, but I know that you have some challenges with type 1 diabetes, some things that set you off, some things that make you frustrated, some things that lead to burnout. What are those things for you? What are the things that put your mental health at risk with type 1 diabetes? And we want to focus on the things that we can control. We can't control the weather. We can't control what people say to us, but we can control the situations that we put ourselves in and make sure that we do less of what doesn't work and more of what does. And identifying your risk factors is a key way to get yourself there. Next, let's talk about Simon. Simon is in his late 30s and he was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes about four years ago. And when I asked him about his protective factors, what keeps him safe and what keeps him mentally healthy with type 1 diabetes, he immediately said, my wife. I asked him to tell me more. He told me that him and his wife have a tradition right now where every night at the end of the day, they sit down before they go to bed and they check in with each other about his blood sugars. They have a conversation about what went well for him and what didn't go well for him that day. She offers him support and guidance and also a listening ear if he needs to complain. He finds his wife to be very supportive. And it's interesting because a couple weeks ago, his wife went out of town for a couple of days. While they talked on the phone, they didn't have the chance to sit down before bed together and have their daily diabetes debrief. On the days they couldn't do their debrief, those were the times when Simon was struggling more with his mental health with type 1 diabetes. He found that he felt less supported. He found that because he didn't have the accountability of his wife sitting by him, talking to him about his diabetes, that made him less accountable. And so he made poor food choices. And it was much harder for him to manage his blood sugars during that time when his wife was gone. But when she came back, things changed. He had an easier time with his mental health. He felt the support of his wife by his side. And for Simon, having that support is a protective factor. Without the support of his wife and having her by his side every night, he would have a whole lot harder time with his mental health. Not to say he couldn't do it, not to say that he couldn't adjust if she wasn't as supportive, but having her there protects Simon of going down a rabbit hole of despair and burnout with type 1 diabetes. Now, Simon's example may not be yours. You may have a very different experience with your friends and family and spouse around your diabetes, and you may not want their support, and that's okay. But for Simon, having his wife there really helped. So you have to ask yourself, what are the things that you do? Who are the people that surround you? How can you make sure that you're mentally healthy with type 1 diabetes? What can you do more of? What can you double down on to make sure that you have all the tools and support you need to set yourself up for success so you can make sure that you feel less burnt out, less frustrated, and more confident in your world with type 1 diabetes? I hope the examples of Sarah and Simon helped you get a little bit more clear about what protective factors and what risk factors may look like in your life. Again, your risk factors and your protective factors may look very different than Simon's or Sarah's. However, you have your own risk factors and protective factors. We want to make sure that you have the ability to identify them in order to keep you safe and more importantly, keep you mentally healthy. What happens if you're not clear on your risk factors and protective factors in your life with type 1 diabetes? Well, the short answer is you'll put yourself in situations that aren't very helpful for you. And you may not put yourself in situations 
that will be more helpful for you. If you don't know what are your risk factors and what are your protective factors, you may feel like you're grasping for straws, trying to find something that works, but having no idea what is the best place to invest your energy and time in order to improve your mental health. Risk factors and protective factors give you guidance. They give you guidance as to where to go and maybe even more importantly, where not to go because you know that if you go there, you put yourself at risk for negative outcomes happening in your mental health with type 1 diabetes. And that's not what you want. The good news is risk factors and protective factors are not things that you need to create on your own. You already have them. And so what we have to help you do right now is identify very specifically what your risk factors are and what your protective factors are. They already exist, but we have to help you find them. And that's what we're going to do next. I can't tell you what your risk factors are and what your protective factors are without having a conversation with you and hearing about your life with diabetes and what's worked for you in the past and what hasn't worked for you in the past. But what I can do is give you some questions to ask and a framework that you can use to help you identify these factors on your own for yourself. The first question you want to ask yourself is what has worked for me in the past? And also, what hasn't worked for me? Let the past guide you to help you identify the things that are going to be healthy for you and that are also going to keep you safe, but also the things that will put you at risk. So for example, are there certain people that you're around that make you feel bad about your diabetes? Are there certain times of year when you struggle more than other times of year? Are there certain foods that you eat or foods you stay away from that either make your blood sugars really high and then send your mind spiraling or keep your blood sugars really stable and help you to feel a lot more confident in your ability to manage diabetes and also manage your mental health? All of these things can be protective factors and risk factors, but look to the past to guide you as to what has been helpful and what has put you at risk in the past, and those things will likely be true in the future. Take a minute right now, put this episode on pause, and think about that. What has helped me in the past, and what has put me at risk in the past? And how can I do more of the things that have helped me, and less of the things that have put me at risk, and made things more challenging for me mentally and blood sugar-wise in my life with type 1 diabetes? Hopefully, after doing this inventory, you have a robust list of things that you can think of that are your protective factors and your risk factors. But there's another step you can take to make this list even stronger. And that is let your emotions guide you. As you're going through your day, today, tomorrow, next week, identify those times when you feel really confident about your diabetes. You feel really mentally healthy. You feel energetic and motivated. What is surrounding you at that time? How is your environment? and other things that are happening, protecting you from the emotional strain of type 1 diabetes. At the same time, maybe in the coming weeks, you will be feeling burnt out or frustrated. Maybe you'll be feeling anxious or even hopeless or helpless. Ask yourself the same question. What's happening right now in my environment that may be causing this, that may be influencing the way that I'm feeling about my diabetes? And are these things you have the ability to change? Are they risk factors that you can stay away from or modify 
in order to help you do more of what works and less of what doesn't in your life with type 1 diabetes. Using the past as well as your experience in the present moment can give you a good idea about what's helpful and what's not. The third thing you can do in order to identify these risk and protective factors with diabetes is to ask other people. You want to let the people in your life guide you to help you see these things. Because as much as we don't want to admit it sometimes, we can be blind to things that are either helpful or that put us at risk with our mental health. And so asking other people for feedback and asking them to tell you, when do you see me getting upset? What are some situations that you see me thriving with in my life with diabetes? What are the situations where you see me anxious or depressed or burnt out with diabetes? And ask others to help you to identify those risk factors and protective factors. And you may be surprised. You may get feedback from other people letting you know about things that stress you out that you may not even be aware of. When you snap at them, when your blood sugar is high, you may not be aware of how you are. You may not be aware of how you're acting and how your mood may be impacting your interactions with other people. Other people can help you look in the mirror in a really clear way and see the things that are helpful and also the things that are not helpful with your mental health with type 1 diabetes. So don't be afraid to ask them and don't be afraid to listen to their feedback with an open mind and an open heart to be able to receive it so that you can really take a deep look into yourself and see what's working and what's not working. And hopefully it's easy for you to see, but if it's not, allow yourself the flexibility to consider their feedback and see if you can make changes in your life in terms of both protective factors and risk factors based on what they have to say. Just a short recap of today's episode. In this episode, we talked about protective and risk factors for your mental health type 1 diabetes. A protective factor is something that keeps you safe. It can be a person, it can be an environment, it can be a meal. Anything can go in terms of making sure you are safe in your mental health and in your life with type 1 diabetes. A risk factor are things that put you at risk for mental health challenges, things that put you at risk for burnout, put you at risk for binge eating, put you at risk for anxiety around your diabetes. And we want to help you identify those things as well in order for you to be aware of them. So if you do encounter them, they don't have as big of an impact on you as they could if you weren't aware of them at all. How do you identify your risk factors and your protective factors in your life with type 1 diabetes? I ask you three questions. Think to the past and let your past guide you. What's been helpful and what hasn't been helpful in your past? Let your emotions guide you. If you're feeling anxious, depressed, burnt out, frustrated with diabetes, what is causing that to happen right here, right now? The same thing if you're feeling confident, empowered, and good to go with your diabetes. What is causing that as well? What is impacting that? And how can you do more of that and less of what is disempowering for you and making you feel not steady on your feet? And then finally, let other people guide you. Sometimes we can't see what we can't see. And other people can give us great feedback about things that may put us at risk, but also things that are healthy for us in our mental health with type 1 diabetes. So what are your next steps here? Your first step 
is to take some time and identify your risk factors and your protective factors. Write them down so that you're aware of them. And you may even want to share them with your friends and family so they're aware of them too. The next thing I want you to do is check out the Diabetes Psychologist membership. Go to www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash membership. This will help you get the support and information and resources that you need to be able to identify your risk factors and protective factors, but more importantly, to be able to implement these skills so you can do more of what works and less of what doesn't. The membership includes a community. It includes live masterclasses and Q&A weekly with me, as well as lots of resources and tools that you can use in order to make sure you are as mentally healthy as possible with type 1 diabetes. Being in the membership is definitely a protective factor, making sure that you have everything you need to move forward with ease. Again, that's www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash membership. And I can't wait to see you there. That does it for this episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. If this episode was helpful for you, do me a favor, share it with a friend, put the link in a text message or an email and send it on to them and let them know that you enjoyed it and that it could benefit them as well. And of course, I always love hearing from my listeners. So please send me an email to mark at thediabetespsychologist.com or DM me on Instagram at thediabetespsychologist. I love hearing from you and I cannot wait to get your feedback about this podcast and all the work that I'm doing. And be sure to tune next Thursday for a brand new episode of the Diabetes Psychologist podcast. Remember, type 1 diabetes is not easy, but you can have an easier time with it. And I'll see you next week, same time, same place. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening. For more resources, you can visit www.thediabetespsychologist.com and be sure to sign up for the email list for access to exclusive content. I'm Dr. Mark Heyman, and tune in next time for the latest episode of the Diabetes Psychologist Podcast. Podcast.